0: Welcome to the Proskauer Brief Hot Topics in Labor and Employment Law. I'm Harris Mufson. And on today's episode, I'm joined by Evandro Gigante and Alan Bloom. We're going to discuss key potential developments under the Biden administration in terms of employment laws. Evandro, let's start with COVID. Can you describe at a high level, what sort of key potential developments we can see in the employment front in the proposed stimulus package that the Biden administration has floated?
1: Sure. So as you can imagine, what we're looking at from a COVID perspective is a more uniform national response to the pandemic. And what that means from the employer's perspective is that the employer should be looking for more guidance, more regulation from the federal level on how to work through issues such as uh, paid leave, vaccinations, health and safety standards, and the like. The Biden administration put out nearly 200-page plan for the pandemic upon the really upon the inauguration, and has most recently proposed a 1.9 trillion dollar stimulus package, which includes funding for things like vaccinations, an extension and expansion of what was previously the Families First Coronavirus Response Act. You may recall that that law provided a certain amount of paid leave to employees who had to take leave for COVID related reasons under the current Biden proposal embedded within his stimulus package would be an extension of that beyond the 2020 uh, deadline that that had expired on December 31st. It would apply the new law to uh, employers of more than 500 employees, not just those uh, between 50 to 500, which is obviously a significant expansion. It would extend the weeks of paid sick leave from 12 up to 14, but would still provide a reimbursement for employers with fewer than 500 employees. So that's one thing to look out for. Of course, that hasn't passed yet, and the Republicans have countered with a much smaller proposal on the stimulus package. And so we'll have to see where that shakes out. On the issue of vaccinations, you'll see funding towards vaccination programs that employers can participate in you'll also see uh, more strict standards when it comes to health and safety enforcement.
0: Yeah, on that front, the Biden administration in an in executive order, uh, President Biden, uh, a few weeks ago directed OSHA to promulgate uh, stronger regulations with respect to uh, requirements for employers uh, in the to, to ensure the health and safety of, of, of employees. The Trump administration had really relied on the general duties clause under under OSHA to hold employers accountable, but we will now see given this directive. Increased specific regulations, in, enhancing health and safety protocols that, that employers are required to adopt and, and we're continuing to monitor that that as well. Now to uh, to Alan, I want to ask you about. Potential developments that, that we may see on the wage and hour front. So, could you talk about that from a, from a high level?
2: Sure, Harris. So uh, after four years of pro-business policies under the Trump administration, I think employers can expect to see a much more pro-worker agenda from the U.S. Department of Labor over the next four years. starts at the top. President Biden has nominated Boston Mayor Marty Walsh for Secretary of Labor. Walsh is a longtime union leader, and he is expected to help implement Biden's Empower Workers platform, uh, which will carry with it a number of reforms. So you've already seen some activity at the U.S. Department of Labor. Um, On January 20th, President Biden issued a regulatory freeze memorandum to the Department of Labor and all executive agencies essentially shutting down any regulations that are in the pipeline, regulations that have already been sent for publication uh, but have not yet taken effect. So that is essentially the end of the independent contractor final rule that came out on January 7th. That rule would have reduced the number of factors that the agency considers when determining whether somebody is an independent contractor or an employee. It would have made it easier for businesses to classify someone As an independent contractor, it was going to take effect on March 8th, and now it is postponed, uh, pending further review, and we expect that the new Department of Labor will revise that substantially. Same thing with the TIP regulations. That final rule came out December 30th and would have made a few changes to the TIP employee regulations that would Make it easier for businesses to take a tip credit that rule also now is suspended pending further review by. The Department of Labor. In the last few days, the Department of Labor has withdrawn a, a few programs from the Trump administration. First, the pro-good guidance rule, which would have, which did required any guidance to go through a significant process before the public can rely on it. It would have made it more difficult for the Department of Labor to issue subregulatory guidance. That's gone. The paid program, under which Employers could go to the Department of Labor and have the Department of Labor supervise a settlement of a wage claim without having to pay liquidated damages. That's gone as well. The DOL has already begun the process of withdrawing a number of Trump era opinion letters, uh, and it will continue to do that. And beyond that, I think as, as you'll see, there'll be a push for a $15 minimum wage. There's already talk underway about that being included in the pandemic relief package. There could be um, overtime reforms as well. There could be other changes to the Fair Labor Standards Act to include wage theft provisions that you've seen in a number of states over the last five years.
0: And, Evandro, on the anti-discrimination front, Uh, There has been discussion that there may be changes substantial substantive changes to uh, the law, protecting employees from, from discrimination, either to broaden those laws or to overturn cases uh, decisions by the Supreme Court. And could you just highlight a few of those issues that uh, employers. Should be aware of that. Uh, that they should be able, you know, they should anticipate in the in the coming months and, and years during the Biden administration.
1: From the employment discrimination perspective, I think employers can expect to see an expansion of protections accorded to employees. Now, lots of this will will be similar to what employers are probably already accustomed to when it comes to a variety of state and local laws, including here in New York, where the protections are already quite broad. But at the federal level, I think we should look for uh, at least a push from the Biden administration to expand enforcement of things like Equal Pay Act with a possible amendment to the Equal Pay Law, basically make it more difficult for employers to defend against those types of claims should they be raised by employees. From an age discrimination perspective, you may want to look for a proposed amendment to the current Age Discrimination and Employment Act that would be essentially an extension or an expansion of an employee's ability to prove age discrimination, currently under a Supreme Court case that came out in 2009, an employee has a pretty high burden to show that, but for the fact that uh, he or she was over the age of 40, they would not have been terminated, for example, in in a discharge case. That's a pretty high standard relative to other employment discrimination laws. Amendments have been proposed over the years to sort of expand that to something more consistent with what you see in Title VII and other anti-discrimination laws. And I think you can see a push there as, as well to expand that into something uh, less than, than what's called but for. I think you'll also see certainly a, a more pro-employee agenda from agencies like the EEOC and the OFCCP. The new president has already has already proposed names for individuals to take put positions in those agencies that are historically sort of pro-employee individuals. Um, and so I think once that takes effect, we'll start to see more regulation, more enforcement you know, from those agencies that even we have before. And beyond that, I think, generally speaking, the new president has been in favor of things like expanding paid family leave uh, to individuals at the federal level. Currently, there's an entitlement to unpaid leave under the FMLA, but Biden uh, has long supported the extension and expansion of that to a paid leave program. And so you might see some legislation proposed there as well.
0: Thanks, Abandro. So, Alan, let's wrap up and just talk a little bit about Arbitration and class action waivers. We've certainly seen over the past few years. Some hostility toward from bluer states to mandatory arbitration and there have, has been discussion about some developments on that front on the federal level under the Biden administration. Could you highlight that issue?
2: So, Harris, could, could we finally see the end of mandatory arbitration in class action waivers? So, arbitration has been around since 1925 on the federal level, the Federal Arbitration Act, and a number of employers since uh, the Supreme Court's decision in Gilmer in 1991, basically saying you can require employees to agree to arbitrate discrimination claims in advance. A number of employers have implemented arbitration programs. And in connection with that, a number of employers have also put class action waivers into place, basically requiring employees to arbitrate their disputes individually and not as part of a class action. And the Supreme Court uh, in Epic Systems in 2018 said that's legal as well. So there has been a lot of talk about making both of those things unlawful. Um, As with any uh, sitting president, President Biden has only a few tools at his option, legislation, rulemaking, or executive orders and the like, and because the Supreme Court has said that arbitration is legal, that class action waivers are legal, President Biden's going to need Congress to pass a law that says they aren't. So uh, sure, the Senate is now controlled by Democrats, with Vice President Harris casting the tie-breaking vote. So Congress certainly could legislate mandatory predispute arbitration out of existence uh, in the employment context, in the consumer context, and also make class action waivers unlawful. But there is always the possibility of a filibuster, which still exists under the Senate rules, 41 senators can block a vote on uh, almost uh, any legislation around uh, these lines. So if they wanted to, the Senate Republicans could filibuster laws that would uh, impact arbitration and class action waivers. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out in the Senate
0: all really interesting topics and something we're obviously gonna keep our eye on as uh, we, we certainly anticipate significant potential developments in the, in the employment space, uh, certainly over the next 100 days and beyond during the, during the Biden administration. So thank you very much, Alan and, and Evandro for your insights there. And thank you for joining us on the Proskauer Hour Brief today. Stay tuned for more insights on the latest hot topics in labor and employment law, and be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play.